welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast, where you'll learn how to structure terms and use various creative financing strategies to create profitable deals for short and long-term wealth. Whether you're a buy and hold investor, wholesaler, or flipper, learning creative financing will help you do more deals and unlock profits that you may not even know existed. On the Creative Financing Podcast, we break down actual deals we and our guests are doing and simplify the methods and terms used to execute these strategies. Now, let's dive in and create some terms. Hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos, here with... Jeff Rappaport. And today, guys, it's pop quiz day for me. Um, Jeff is going to ask me a series of questions to kind of see, uh, kind of gain an understanding as to where I'm at with uh, understanding and utilizing creative financing. Um, And so I may not have, I may not know the answers to some of his questions, but, uh, you know, this will be a good overview for you guys, a good review really for you guys out there as well uh, to kind of tie everything in or back together. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, for you to have a better understanding of creative financing and how to structure offers. So I like it. I like the topic. Um, I like, uh, I like that you're quizzing me, Jeff. And uh, so I think we'll make this into, you know, a two or three part episode. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's, let's dive in. One of the things I think that'll be helpful, Jonathan, is that, you know, I, I've gone all the way back from the very beginning and uh, all the way to like some of our last episodes, some different questions. Uh, obviously we've done a lot of episodes. It would be, uh, it would take a lot longer to try to hit, you know, almost everything, but I I think we'll, we'll get a a large, um, uh, piece of everything and it'll be a really good review. And at the very least, we'll, we'll start to see where you're at. And if you're at home, uh, maybe try to answer along and see where you're at as well. Okay. Okay. All right. So why don't we start with, let's name five creative financing strategies. So five creative financing strategies is uh, contract for deed, uh, seller subordination, uh, all inclusive trust deed, um, a uh, rent to own or uh, master lease option or sandwich lease, um, and then subject to. Perfect. Great. Um, Really quickly, um, so you said seller subordination. Really quickly, uh, what what is a seller subordination? Just so people don't understand that one. Yeah. So seller subordination is where a seller will take their equity in a second position. So when we find a house that this works on, particularly one with a uh, you know low principal balance or a free and clear house, we can offer a bigger down payment to our seller by borrowing money in first position against the property and then allowing, then giving that money to the owner so they get a huge down payment and then they take the rest of their equity in second position. I'm impressed. Uh, That was an excellent answer. Um, All right. Number two, list one pro and one con against each strategy. 
and I, I it might not be best pro and con, but um, maybe benefit. You know, it might be a, more, a bigger benefit to a seller rather than the buyer. Um, you know, th there's strengths and weaknesses of each strategy. So um, I'll try to be as I, I don't know how clear that is, but but we'll see if we're on the same page. Okay. Uh, so contract for deed. Um, the pro for a seller is that title doesn't officially transfer. It's not recorded. Um, the benefit to uh, the the buyer is that it's it's a a less invasive way to get a deal done if a seller is uh, apprehensive about transferring the property over um, and and you know doing a uh, a traditional mortgage or um, you know all inclusive trust deed. Okay. Does that answer that one? Yeah, it does. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and then let's do subordination. I'm just typing this as we go. Uh, subordination. So a pro for subordination um, is a seller gets a huge down payment. And for a buyer, um, it's a way to offer more cash up front. And uh, so the, and then I guess the, the, uh, the con for a seller uh, on the reverse side of that is that they have to take their equity in second position. Um, but you know, that, that really doesn't matter too much anyway, because they can still foreclose if payments are not received because they have a note and a mortgage or trustee recorded against the property. Good. Uh, exactly right. Uh, you know, pro would be that they can get a larger down. Um, con would be more of, Hey, you are going to be in second position and you're right. Second position isn't as bad as what people make it out to be, but it is a negative. You, you always want to be, you know, the stronger, uh, the the more junior position you are, the weaker you are. Um, so uh, if you're in first position, you're the strongest. So, yep. um, so good. Okay. Um, how about lease option? So lease option is uh, the least favorable, really, uh, for for the 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 buyer um, because. It's just a lease. In, in the end, it's just you're, you're renting the property um, and you have an option to buy it. Uh, now you can record that option on title, but that doesn't happen a lot. And you know, if if you have a savvy seller, they're not going to let you record that on title anyway. Uh, but so there's no, uh, I guess. So the con is that you know title never transfers, and really you're just renting the place out. Um, as a buyer or you're subleasing it to another, if you're not the buyer yourself or the, the tenant, uh, you're subleasing it to someone else. Um, the pros for this is that uh, if you have, the pros is that you can control a property without owning it. Um, and typically there's less down, uh, less of a down payment that you have to put down. You know, it's more of kind of like a security deposit, uh, than a, you know, than a huge down payment. You know, one of the things that, that what we, we, we need to be clear about is it really depends on what perspective you're looking at, whether these are pros and cons, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It really varies on what side you're on. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, so, there's, there's pros and cons for, for each really. Yeah. Uh, you know, one, uh, 
you know, certainly a pro for the seller is that they remain untitled. They, they keep ownership. Um, uh, yet, you know, they're, they're giving away all of their maintenance and repairs to the tenant buyer. I mean, that, that's a pro for the seller, but that's kind of a con for the buyer. Yeah. Um, so good. Uh, what about subject two? So subject to uh, the, so the con for the seller is that they have no recourse uh, if you default. Um, so literally you're, the, the seller's just deeding the property over to the buyer and there's no recourse. There's no note or mortgage recorded on title so that they have a, a way to foreclose in the event of a default. Uh, plus their credit could get wrecked. You know, if a buyer defaults and misses payments, um, and for the buyer, I mean, it's, it's really, there's not, there's not many cons, you know, unless you got caught up in a lawsuit, I guess that would be the biggest con, uh, for the buyer with the subject two. Um, but subject twos are sweet deals because you just take the property, you just take over the debt on the property. And a lot of times, you know, that you're the, these scenarios work with people with little equity or, uh, they are behind on payments or something, something close to that. I agree. Um, a lot of people don't truly understand what it means to um, deed the property to someone. Uh, li literally, there's no rules, right? It's like, I'm just giving you the property. And even though I have some liability, uh, I have a loan that I have signed for on this property. I'm signing away. I'm giving you the property and hoping that you're going to take care of my liability. Right. Um, okay. Last one. All inclusive. All inclusive trustee to wrapped. This is really a win-win uh, for both parties. Um, the, uh, the owner is, if there's already debt on the property, the seller, I should say, is uh, typically taking their equity in a second position, I guess that that could be a con for a seller. I mean, they're still in second position. Um, and then uh, for, for a buyer, uh, title transfers, you have full control, you're recorded on title, you're the legal owner uh, of the property. So you have the most control over it. And uh, that property will not go back to the owner unless a foreclosure is foreclosure takes place. So it really, it's the strongest position for a buyer because title transfers. Um, but it's still a strong position for a seller as well because uh, they have recourse recorded on title. Um, the only, the only thing I want to um, make clear is it's not really being in second position, even though you have a note that's, um, you know, the, the, the mortgage that you have taken out is obviously in the first position, but it's not really like being in second when you do a wrap. You're, you're creating a new note and they kind of work simultaneously. Um, uh, you, you, that underlying note obviously has got to get paid first and foremost or else, you know, they will be in first position, but that second note is that basically, hey, if I pay you, you're paying them. And, you know, it's almost like a simultaneous kind of deal. Okay. Yeah, good point. Good.
All right. So number three, well, what is a due on sale clause? So due on sale clause is when ownership of the property changes, the right, the bank has the right, or, you know, the mortgage holder has the right to uh, call the note due, thus due on sale. Uh, Cause they look at, you know, any kind of uh, title transfer as a sell. Um, so this is something that we've talked a lot about in the past. Um, and it's something that we don't really concern ourselves with too much. It's something that needs to be disclosed to a seller um, that, you know, there is a due on sale clause and there is a possibility that a bank could call a note due uh, if, you know, if they found out that the, the property transferred. But a lot of banks don't do this because um, really it's just bad for their books if you uh, and, and they don't you know, they're, they're turning it into an asset. If it's a paying note they're and then they're, they're kind of turning it into a liability. They're taking a performing note and making it a non-performing yeah. note. Yeah. Which becomes a liability for the bank and sure. it goes against their, uh, their balance sheet. Yep. Good. So yeah, I think that's a pretty good definition. Um, well, let's stay on this topic. One more question. Uh, what are two ways to avoid the due on sale clause? Don't notify the bank and then get separate uh, insurance on the property. Leave the existing property insurance in place um, and get a secondary policy. Okay. What, what are two strategies that would help you avoid the due on sale clause? So two strategies uh, is obviously a contract for deed um, because title isn't transferring um, or, you know, doing a, uh, a lease option yep. because again, titles doesn't transfer. If you do, uh, you know, subject to or all inclusive then title transfers. That's right. <clears throat> All right. Um, well, this one's going to be really easy. I know you're getting this one right. Which strategy is like buying a car? Oh, uh, which strategy is like buying a car is a contract for deed. You want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, because uh, when you buy a car uh, and you get a loan on that car, and we always use this analogy, the, the, the bank that's lending you that money for that car they get the title. The title goes straight to them. They hold on to the title until that note is paid off. Once that note's paid off, then uh, they, they'll mail you the title or you can go and pick it up. Same, it's the same scenario for contract for deed. The, the title of the property doesn't transfer. There's not a, a warranty deed that's uh, signed over or recorded, I should say, until that note is paid off um, and satisfied. Great. Uh, how about, how does creative financing affect income taxes for a seller? <clears throat> so, okay. That's kind of a more in-depth question. How does, uh, how does it affect, how does seller financing affect? Well, they lose. So if they transfer the property, they lose the, 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 uh, tax benefit of writing off mortgage. Uh, so mortgage interest sale. insurance what's that it's considered a sale right yeah 
yeah, it's considered a sale. And so they no longer uh, get to write off mortgage insurance. Um, also, another thing is that, you know, if there's a, if there's big capital gains, uh, they, you know, there's a possibility that they have to pay, uh, they'll, they'll have a big tax burden for those capital gains. So how, how will creative financing affect that? Um, okay, great question. So creative financing will allow uh, smaller payments over time, or it will, it'll stretch that, that capital gains that, you know, the, their equity that they're, uh, getting paid, you know, that that's what they're taxed on as capital gains. So if we can spread that, what they receive, uh, each year, if we can spread that out, it, uh, it, it lowers their, uh, their tax liabilities. Um, because, you know, if they got a hundred thousand dollars up front, they're going to owe, you know, 25% on that. Uh, and it could bump them up into another tax bracket. Uh, you know, whereas if they, you know, receive 25,000 a year, uh, for four years, then they don't get bumped up a tax bracket and that percentage is less. So the big, the big thing that I was looking for is that, um, it allows the the seller to spread their tax consequent out over a period of time. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, it's a more concise way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about one more question, and then we'll um, we'll set up for part two. Okay. Uh, what are two things that help determine? which creative financing strategy we should use. What are two things that determine that? Yeah. Uh, the, the equity in the property and uh, the existing debt. Okay. So, so the payment and whether or not there's equity there. But why, how would that help determine which strategy you would use? <clears throat> um, so if there's, uh, so if there's a, so if there's, if they have a really high payment on it, then, um, I guess, I mean, we could still use, you know, contract for deeds, subordination subject to, we can still use those. Right. But, um, if uh, I'm struggling with this one, well, uh, this might be more of how I, how I asked the question as opposed to what truly the question I'm trying to get Okay, at. rephrase it for um, me. Uh, so when choosing which creative financing strategy to use, what are some of the, what are some of the reasons why you would choose a specific um, strategy, strategy over another? Yeah. So, you know, let, let me give you an example. Um, what I was thinking is uh, one way that I might choose a, a strategy would be what is the default process in that particular state that I'm working in? So okay. if the foreclosure process is like what it is for us in Utah, you know, four to, you know, four plus months minimum it might make more sense to do contract for deed on a sale rather than an all-inclusive because we, we can use a forfeiture process to get the property back much quicker. Okay. Um, you know, same thing would be 
if we wanted to avoid the due on sale clause, um, uh, or we wanted to avoid actually having a sale, we might want to do a lease option um, for a bit because there's no sale involved. Right. Um, you know, so those types of, of things that we want to look at is, you know, one is how quickly can we get back the property? So, you know, depending on the situation that we're going to be in, if, you know, we're, if we're selling this on terms, uh, we might want to know that, hey, what's the default process in case we have a problem down the road? That might also tell us, hey, maybe we don't want to sell it on terms. Maybe we'd let, rather lease option it on terms. We'd rather know what the eviction process is. Okay. Uh, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So, <clears throat> tough question. Sorry. That, that might not have oh, it's been just, the right way. No, it's just um, like what side you're looking at it on. You know, like if we're the one selling on, uh, on terms, then yeah, that, that's. Yeah, how quick can we get the property back? Is a is a will definitely determine what strategy we use. Um, and then you you might have like who you know is the seller more do on sale clause conscious? You know, is that a big issue for the seller? Um, uh, uh, yeah, but whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, um, you know, right. if if the uh, seller was really concerned <laughs> about uh, their tax consequence. Maybe they'd rather do a lease option as opposed to a sale where they've got to start paying their capital gains. Um, so just understanding um, the different uh, reasons why you'd want to use some of these strategies may come up because of where you live, where you're doing business. Um may come up based on what you're trying to do with the property or may come up based on, you know, who you're negotiating with in terms of the seller. Yeah. Right. Very good. Cool. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap it up here. And you, uh, you passed your first part. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So guys, we're calling this uh, pop quiz time. How much do you know about creative financing? Uh, and so we're going to continue this series on our next episode. And hopefully you guys are out there as you're listening to this. Hopefully you're trying to answer the questions as well, just as I am. So um, yeah, thanks for this, Jeff. This is, uh, it's kind of cool. I like it. All right, guys. Well, uh, you can reach us on the web, the worldwide web at the creative financing podcast.com. That's where all of our episodes are archived. Um, if you uh, want to reach us online. Uh, I mean, via Facebook, we're at uh, the creative financing podcast there. If you guys have uh, a deal that you need some help with, or uh, maybe some direction on how to structure something, please, uh, please post uh, on our page at the creative financing podcast. That way we can uh, continue to grow our community and have each other uh, kind of chime in and help, help out our fellow listeners. Um, if you guys are off, if you guys are interested in Jeff's apprenticeship program, uh, please email Rebecca at Rebecca at weofferoptions.com uh, and she will get you the needed information. Um, what else am I forgetting here, Jeff? 
the, uh, the video that we did that, that yeah it's oh, funny. Yeah, yeah. people people ask me about uh our education program and and i, I say so have you gotten the video and it, it's like they've never heard of it before and I, i'm like well what do you not listen to the end of the podcast we talk about it every single time it's in all the show notes Yes, uh, and I, I have yet to find someone that didn't absolutely love that video, and it's free. Yes, so. <laughs> so, yeah, to get our our free video on how to structure offers step by step, uh, text CFP or Creative Financing to eight seven seven four zero nine eight zero nine zero. That will uh, that they'll will send you the link for that. Um, and then guys, you can also let us know if you're interested in the Creative Financing Academy. We are still working on that. And, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot of work uh, to build to build out an educational program. And so just know that that's in the works. And that's going to be something later on. Uh, well, hopefully here in the near future. Uh, but if you're interested, you know, uh, hit us up, leave us a message there. Let us know that you're interested in that. And uh, all the people that uh, let us know that they're interested, they'll be the first ones we reach out to when it's available. Yeah. Well, one, one last thing, Jonathan, yeah, things you've already talked about, but Hey, if you join our Facebook group and you've got questions or some deal structuring questions, you can ask right there. There's some really good people in that group that can help answer and we will help answer as well. Yep. Uh, so, you know, don't, don't use the hotline to leave questions about deals, get join our Facebook group and do it there. And as far as our apprentice program goes, um, we, we, we worked with quite a few people last year. I want to double it this year. So if you're looking at learning how to wholesale and using creative financing with wholesaling um, virtually, because uh, we're doing it all over the country, both single family and commercial, we will teach you how to do that. And uh, just reach out to Rebecca and let her know that you're interested. No pressure. We'll send you some information. Uh, if it's a good fit, we'd love to work with you. Awesome. Yep. So again, guys, uh, email Rebecca at Rebecca at weofferoptions.com. Okay. Till next time, guys, go out there and create some terms. Thanks for listening to the Creative Financing Podcast. We need your feedback to continue to bring you the best strategies in creative financing. So please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate your ear and please pass this on. Until next time, create some terms. This show offers general information on creative financing strategies and real estate investments. Nothing contained herein should be considered personal, legal, or financial advice. Every state has individual laws governing the use and type of documents used to execute strategies discussed herein. You should consult with a local licensed real estate broker and attorney before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed, and opinions of the guests are their own. Profits are not guaranteed, and there's always inherent risk in real estate investing.